Blog Talk Radio. Time to watch this movie. Neil Jones. Shut the fuck up. 98. Ah! It's Hey yo, hey yo, regardless of rain or snow, sleet or hail, I kick street tails, choking niggas like I'm free well, golden state, holding your face in the palm of my hand, blow you away like it's part of the plan, I gotta call it like I see it, talking like I be it, walking my walk, thugged out, orthopedic, cause I'm soon to be up, give me room, watch me heat up, niggas try to stick me like I threw Louima, follow the leader, make me go extra hard, yo Norris, should I hold back or show the repertoire, quit at 16 or throw an extra ball, just for the non-believers, I show them why it's so hard to reach us. I get pussy with my father's speeches. Puff heavily. See me at 6'1, weigh a buck 70. Catch me in spots y'all niggas never be. Packed in like Green Bay, Harlem Week to Queen's Day. Performing a cappella, no DJ. 98 Live, no replay. Make it seem easy. So tell a friend and tell a friend that it's them again. No, Diego, wow, Champagne on the rocks, pouring the Fort Knox, Lazarus, shark salad with carrots, pork chops and applesauce, twin connection, disrespect and watch your body cage, and pump the shoddy gauge and hit the shorty whitey potty trainer, I ain't playing, I'm truly the worst, to be the first to get his whole body fully reversed, Uzi your hurts, leave you double dead, I'm a bubble head, I never listen to nothing my mother said, and yo I hold niggas ransom for money like Johnny Handsome, the son of niggas so long, I think I got a grand on my back, shit is money, a stash and a honey that won't ask no questions, but don't blast anybody, that's my kind of girl Kind of world I wanna live in, not a cell Or a prison or in hell, so I'm getting just a little ghetto Where my niggas control the middle and know the riddles of life For others no only get little Rich places, sick places See my story, 6,666 pages Wages, I wrote six aces And at the same dice game, of course, six cases All over big faces, now tip laces Ready to dig faces, but the bang it ain't a bit spacious Niggas building up their rib cages, cats like the rib places, bloody lip cases. The gym is a big racist, but I stand for the big places. But the world know your girl though, I fuck her off a furlough. Should be up, put me up, all your sales could be luck. Only question for these ducks is baby girl, could we fuck? You the type that need a wife. Wax told y'all to keep the light. Asshole, y'all don't play around. I lay it down, fuck around, I spray around. Flick a biscuit, nigga, risk it. My ass, yeah. Kick it, kick it. Ain't no nigga in the world, you know, thorough than this. Buffs off and sit the hot barrel dead on your lips like two thirds of a brick. Panero and kiss the crystal white fluffy parts that are come back quick. See, the plan is to stash y'all, cash y'all. So we so strong, they gotta put it in glass jars. Niggas try to smoke me out, then smoke me out. The rims on my new joint be poking out. I'm about to have no. Feelings. Shit is deep. Do they dance with the devil when they sleep? I wake up gripping the air, wishing to hear shit that they kick in your ear when your soul drifts in the air. My gift is half rotten when I spit it to dead. I should have dropped down my eye. I'm tired to cry. And I ain't never seen a nigga that's too live to die. They say you get what you ask for. Get it cause you ask for it. A nigga ain't a thief, then he better have the cash for it. And we gon' be around till your body rot. And if the feds brung us in, we get the same time God he got.
gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of the Skybox. This is your host, Chill, and I got my man, DCP Champ. Yeah, what uh, up, guys? We got a special episode. 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 We got a special Stanley Cup Finals and the NBA Finals, but we're also going to uh, do a tribute to the late, great Muhammad Ali. For those, I'm sure everyone is aware that he passed that he passed away over the weekend. Right. Shocking given his age and his health, the way it's been over the last few years, but that still doesn't take away how how painful it is that a man made such an indelible mark on uh, on the sport, not just boxing, but sports in general and uh, culture, uh, no longer here with me. Honestly, like I mean, I was I, I took that loss very hard. I mean. This is one of the modern heroes. I mean, growing up, Ali was a hero. I mean, this man has done a lot for not only boxing, not only sports, but he's done a lot. He's done a lot for the world. I mean, he's a huge part of the world culture. This man is truly an icon. We will we'll definitely get into our tribute to to Muhammad in the show, but you know, let's go ahead and jump to quick three for tonight. And uh, first story in quick three uh, has to do with uh, Denver Broncos cornerback uh, Akeem Khalid. Uh, Akeem Khalid uh, over the weekend. Uh, was taken to a hospital after uh, being treated for he had been treated for a gunshot wound to his leg. Uh, uh, according to the story, according to the story, he, um, he there was a fight outside of a nightclub in Dallas, Texas, and out of a couple of people that were shot, Akeem Khalid was one of the people that was shot. Uh, there's been talk that the leg injury from the gunshot wound may have been self-inflicted, a la uh, another football player who shot himself in the leg. Uh, but as of Monday, uh, he has... Um, he has been released from the hospital. He was released on Monday, 
and plans to be in Denver, or it is in Denver, uh, according to Coach uh, George Gary Kubiak. But uh, the bullet entered and exited Kelly's uh, leg without hitting any arteries or tearing any ligaments. Uh, so he got surgery, but uh, no, didn't need surgery, just got stitches, and uh, that was it. So, uh, Aziz Aziz um, was uh, definitely escaping harm with that, but yeah, um, that's going to be something that's going to be talked about for uh, quite a while about that incident with uh, Steve and being shot in the leg and everything like that. I can't even remember the name of the Bama who shot himself in the leg, ended up going to jail for it. What was that Bama's name again? I forgot. Plexus Colbert. Plexus That Bama. He, he shot himself in the leg, ended up going to jail for a year or so, or so for it. So, yeah. But uh, wishing the best for Keith to leave, and uh, hopefully he'll be able to come back. Uh, story number two. We go to UFC, where it's already stacked. UFC 200 card just got even bigger as it was announced earlier this week that former UFC heavyweight champion and former WWE world heavyweight champion Brock Lesnar, after announcing his retirement from UFC, will return to the Octagon on July 9th in Las Vegas and when he will face another heavyweight Mark Hunt in the co-main event of UFC 200. The opponent was revealed by Lesnar on ESPN on Monday. And uh, the last time that he fought in a UFC uh, event was back in 2011, where he lost to Alistair Overeem by a TKO. Um so he's looking once again to get you know to just have a fight in the UFC. As you know, he is still under contract with WWE. Though WWE, though the, his contract does state that he can take an, uh, make an appearance in a fight in UFC if he so chooses. Uh, as of right now, Lesnar's only set to have one fight in the UFC before he comes back to WWE, where he is scheduled to make an appearance. Uh, at SummerSlam in August. So, UFC 200, which has been just the biggest event to date for UFC, just got bigger with Brock Lesnar returning to the Octagon uh, to face Mark Hunt in a heavyweight three-round bout. Uh, I can't wait for that. That's going to be an amazing card. That's about a month. That's going to be an amazing event about a month away from now. And finally, uh, Muhammad Ali was not the only uh, sports figure to pass away this week. Uh, on Monday, the very well-known street fighter turned MMA fighter, known as Kimbo Slice, passed away suddenly on Monday at the age of 42 in his home in Florida. The, uh, the man who got his name and his claim to fame when video surfaced online of his street fight where he was in backyards beating the crap out of people. Uh, 
went viral, and he ended up being signed to uh, Bellator MMA as a professional MMA fighter. Uh, the cause of death was reported to be heart failure. Slice uh, last had a fight against uh, Ken. Uh, he had a, a victory against Ken Shamrock recently, and then he had another fight, which he was originally uh, said to be the victor until a drug test uh, reversed the decision. Uh, but again, Kempo Slice uh, passing away at the age of 42 due to heart failure. Uh, there was a lot of response on Twitter over this uh, shocking death. Uh, Shaq, one of the people tweeting out, I'm at a loss for words, rest in heaven, Kempo Slice. Uh, Marcus Camby, rest in peace, Kempo Slice. Greg Anthony, uh, Damian Woody, Von Miller. Uh, Lance Briggs, among others, who uh, sent out their tweets of condolences uh, to Kempo Slice, and also the very aforementioned Ken Shamrock, who Kempo Slice fought and defeated in a, in a match recently. Uh, Ken Shamrock tweeted out, quote, we battle inside the cage, warrior versus warrior. Outside the cage, we have loved ones. We have loved ones. Rest in peace, Kempo Slice. May God watch over you, and quote. Uh, even Dana White uh, tweeted out recipes to Temple twice, and uh, Clinton Rampage Jackson as well uh, tweeted out his uh, condolences. Uh, the last fight that Temple Slice did was against Dada 5000, which was a very uneventful and forgettable fight that would go into the record book for the victory for Dada 5000 failed drug test of the fight, and that is your quick three for this. Um, I actually want to, I actually want to add something again. We actually had a, another death o- over the, uh, a couple of days ago. Former NBA uh, player, Sean Rook, who was who was actually meeting with the New York Knicks for assistant coaching job? He passed away while in New yeah, York. Yeah, I yeah I saw I saw that story too. That um, he was forty four. He was forty six. Jesus, so that's 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 crazy. Yeah, I know. Uh, our condolences to the families, the friends, fans of Kimbo, Sean Rip, Sean Rook. And the great Muhammad Ali. Three deaths within a three deaths within a four day period. Wow. They always say death happens in threes. Yeah, I know. So before we get into our uh, our tribute to Muhammad Ali, I wanted to touch on something. We um tonight was NXT's. Uh, bi-monthly, specially known as uh, NXT TakeOver. Um, and this uh, this edition of TakeOver was known as NXT TakeOver, the end of the beginning. That's what it was dubbed. In which, point, in which it, was, it was highlighted by uh, a matchup between Finn Balor and Samoa Joe for the NXT Championship. Um, I watched the event, and I got to tell you, it was a very, very fun event. 
very good, very well done. But then again, NXT always a great uh, event such as that. Um, I'm just going to quickly go through the highlights. For yeah, uh, first you have uh, the Perfect Ten. Ty Dillinger start, uh, kicked off the show, facing a debuting Sin. Uh, name I can't remember the band's name, but his his nickname is Sin. But it was a very good matchup. Ty Dillinger ended up um, being defeated in that matchup, but he put on a good show. Uh, American Alpha defended the NXT Tag Team Championship against The Revival. Uh, the end result was The Revival managed to get the upper hand, hit their fin- Tag Team finish move, the... Uh, the Ooh, what is this thing called? Something machine. Well, I'm just I'm all out of sorts right about now. But uh, <laughs> uh, but they ended up getting the victory, and they become the first ever two-time NXT statue champions. Matter of fact, they become the first the the first NXT superstars to win a championship more than once in NXT history. So now the revival are two-time oh, wow. champions. Um. Also, in what was a highly anticipated matchup, Shinsuke Nakamura faced off against Austin Aries, and that match definitely lived up to the hype. Um, it ended with uh, Shinsuke Nakamura uh, finishing him off with the Kinshasa and ended up getting the victory over A-Double in a hard-hitting affair between two very well-known superstars all over the world. Um Next, oh, I almost forgot that after the tag team championship match, a new team whose names were not um, revealed debuted and attacked uh, American Alpha, and their manager turns out to be WWE Hall of Famer Paul Ellering. Precious Paul Ellering is back, and he's wow. in NXT. So how about them apples? The man who, wow. who managed the Road Warriors back in their prime is now here with a new tag team. I was like, uh-oh, here we go. Um, the Women's Championship was defended tonight. Nia Jax uh, challenged Asuka for the Women's Championship, and it was a very – it was all Nia Jax throughout the match, but Asuka showed her resilience. And with a bunch of kicks to the head, including a running kick to the head, got a victory over Nia Jax to remain unbeaten and remain women's champion. And in the main event, the steel cage match between Finn Balor and Samoa Joe was hard hitting as we expected. And the end result came when uh, uh, Finn Balor almost made it out of the cage. Samoa Joe grabbed him, picked him up, and from the top rope, hit a super muscle buster to get the pinfall and defeat Finn Balor and Samoa Joe retains the NXT championship over the longest the former longest reigning champion in history, Finn Balor. Honestly, I did miss that show. By the time I got home I I just had to lay down for a while. And Plus, my phone was that was that was pretty much dead, so it was like I couldn't even watch it on my phone. <sighs> oh well, I'll, I'll watch the replay. Play <sighs> because it was it, man. It was a very it was a good it was a good event. Like 
like that's what NXT has done. They just put on great business and really showcase uh, their talent. Watching Shinsuke Nakamura and Austin Aries, like I watched the replay just so I could watch just that match because that's just uh, a pure wrestling match. Like if you're not you're not a wrestling fan if you didn't get excited when that match was even announced, let alone actually just sat back and watched it. It was just that good of a match. But um, that just leads you know to everybody knowing that you know we're still on the road to. Money in the Bank, which is coming up uh, a week from this Sunday on paper on pay per view and WWE Network, uh, and the Money in the Bank match is definitely getting some hype behind it. Uh, apparently, there's only going to be six superstars in the Money in the Bank now instead of seven. They're um, they're definitely hyping it as only being six instead of seven, but. Um, with the happenings of Raw this past um, this past weekend or this past week, what do you think, or who do you think is has you have you changed your your prediction on who's going to win the uh, Money in the Bank? Honestly, I mean, I still had I still had two of my picks left. I still have KO. I still have Ambrose. Between the two of them. Even though I still see Bray coming out of nowhere doing something, I don't know. Part of me can feel it. I don't, don't, don't ask me. I just feel it. But say if Bray does it, it, I mean, my picks are down between Ambrose and KO. Honestly, both of them are ready for that push to the main event. They're both ready for that world title run. I mean, you got KO, who's the new monster, who's pretty much the new monster here. You have Ambrose, who is possibly one of the most over superstars in the WWE today. So, one of them are ready to take their next step. Yeah. So, uh, let's talk about this uh, Money in the Bank card. It was this meme I saw earlier. It showed all the it showed a few of the matches on there. And it said yep. the, the money debate card is already built to be better than the card for WrestleMania 32. Hey, they ain't lying though. You're right. They ain't lying. They ain't lying. That card is about looking better than uh than, than than WrestleMania. To be honest with you, you're not lying. Uh, honestly, WrestleMania the only matches I was. Looking forward to was actually the Intercontinental title ladder match and Shane versus Undertaker. That was it. Right. Uh, I mean, no. Jericho versus AJ was. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going to downplay the match. I just was. I, I was just tired of saying that feud. <laughs> now I feel, but now, like I said, I I do agree that this Money in the Bank card is definitely looking a lot better than WrestleMania when you have six very talented individuals in the Money in the Bank con- and ladder match, which is going to, you know, you, you're going to see some insane spots from that match alone. You got Seth Rollins making his return to pay-per-view after being gone for several months with an injured knee to face uh, old Roman Reigns. You got... Um, Booty here. Yeah, your boy Booty 
You got AJ Styles against John Cena uh, in what's going to be a, you know, a fun matchup, uh, interesting matchup. Yo, did you hear what, uh, what, uh, what what's his name said? Uh, AJ said Cena. about John Cena, though? You see, did you hear yep. that shit? Bruh, yep. I was like, nah. I was like, nah. I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, oh. Guys you like you, very guys like me. Guys like you, very yep. guys like me. Yeah. Guys like me lose to lose when guys lose to you. Guys, well, hey, when guys like me lose to you, you bury guys like me. Yeah, dog. I. I couldn't. I couldn't believe that that really happened. I was just like, "Well, shit!" <laughs> like, talk about talk about just burn, dude. But I just I love it. That that just added fuel to the fire of such a what's a great such going to be a good feud between those two. I mean, it's a matchup that no one no one thought would ever ever happen uh, between. Uh, AJ Styles, who was the face of TNA, and John Cena, the face of, of of WWE. No one ever thought it would happen, and now it's happening. I mean, it was bound to happen. I mean, it was bound to happen. I mean, I'm glad that we're about to witness it. Honestly, this should be a WrestleMania or at least a SummerSlam match, but I'm not going to complain. Right. I'm not going to complain. I see. I see. Yeah, this should be like a match. We get a match of this caliber before a major pay per view. I'm not mad at that. It is what it is, you know? It is what it is. Like I said, the card is definitely And then then on top of that, you have a fatal fatal four way tag team match for the tag titles with the New Day defending against Enzo and Cass, the Vaughn Villains, and the club. Uh, Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows, like, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm like, holy crap! This is, this is, this is what you call a top-notch pay-per-view event. This is a top-notch pay-per-view event. Period. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean it is. I mean, I mean, you can't find nothing negative about this card as of right now. Shoot, this might be the pay-per-view of the year. I mean, it's built to be that. <laughs> this might be one of the best cars they put together in a long time, though. Like, man, we getting we getting this on money in the bank. I'm not mad at that. <laughs> right. I agree. I agree. I, I'm loving it. I'm definitely loving it. So it's it's definitely a, a good look. It's definitely a good look. Uh, so why don't we just why don't we take a step why don't we go a step forward and let's talk about the Stanley Cup Finals which are going on right now we're in the middle of the Stanley Cup Finals um, right now Pittsburgh looks like they just gonna run away with this one I mean they're up three to one right now in the series uh, after uh, they got uh, two two straight victories at home uh, three to two and one to two to one. Uh, they ended up going into San Jose game three, ended up losing three to two, but then they won uh, a couple days ago in San Jose three to one. 
So now game five is set to take place on uh, Thursday night uh, in Pittsburgh, where Pittsburgh has a chance to clinch the Stanley Cup and win the Stanley Cup at home uh, over a San, uh, a San Jose team, which looked like there was going to be a formidable challenge, but it doesn't look like they're posing much of a challenge uh, this go-around. I'm going to tell you that much. Uh, Not at all. Not at all. I mean, they tore through the Western Conference, but once they got to the Stanley Cup Finals, it was like they had real. They really had no answers for Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh was more ready for them than they were. Of saying, "Hey, like I mean, I'm just looking. I'm looking at how San Jose breathed through the. I ain't gonna say breathe, but they showed their dominance in the West. I mean, Pittsburgh had to fight for it. Yep." So, but yeah, now yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm saying this like Pittsburgh just wants it more. <laughs> yes, indeed. And right now yeah, the yeah. world is seeing it. <laughs> okay, yeah, I mean Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has always had that that championship pedigree, uh, with you know Sidney Crosby leading the way. And this is painful for me for me to say, being a Caps fan. And Pittsburgh being our, our our chief rival, this is very painful for me to say. But I mean, they've always had that championship pedigree, and now they're showing it, and now they have a chance to finally lift up that cup. But you know, hopefully next year, uh, we'll you know the Caps will be able to come back. We'll be able to get that championship from you know we'll be able to get that championship and hoist it up. You start hoping. You start. You start to sound like a Cleveland fan. Next year. Hey. Next year. Oh my God. I don't want to speaking hear that. Speaking of Cleveland. Speak, speaking oh, wait, of wait, Cleveland. Wait. Oh. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm about to say, speaking of Cleveland, let's go into the the NBA Finals. Uh, and right now, Game Three is Before. actually on ongoing yeah. right now. And well, they just finished halftime, and they're already in the third period. And the score is 52-43 in favor of Cleveland in game three. Golden State currently has a uh, 2-0 series lead uh, in this series. But uh, they're looking to try to make it a 3-0 series lead and try to clinch it on uh, on June the 10th in four games. But it doesn't look like it's going to happen unless they can do something here in this game. Well, Cleveland started out hot. Golden State were horrible. Uh, Clay Thompson went 0 for 6 on his first few shots before getting hurt. Uh, Steph Curry was a non-factor. They, I mean, Golden State couldn't hit nothing. At one point, I mean, it was 20. I mean, Cleveland was up by 20. But as soon as Clay Thompson got hurt and Steph went to the bench, Golden State actually came back. So to see the game, the fact that Cleveland is only going to talk about 12 says a lot. Clay Thompson came back, and he came back on fire. Right now, Cleveland just scored, so now it's 57-43. I mean, it's still plenty of time left. We got 10 minutes and 52 seconds left of the third quarter. Yep. There's yep. plenty still of time. Finished. Yeah, but like I said, the first two games, Cleveland has looked so out of sorts these first two games. I mean, they got blown out. Well, they were. Uh, game one and game two, they got blown out. 
I mean, but of course, I mean, that Cleveland team wasn't ready for the Golden State Warriors. Everybody thinks that the Warriors consist of Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson. That's what they're sadly mistaken. You still have to worry about guys like uh, Sean Stevenson coming off the I mean, not Stevenson, uh, Livingston coming off the bench. You still have to worry about guys like Barnes coming off the bench. Well, actually, start still got to worry about Igudawa. You still have to worry about still got to worry about Draymond Green. I mean, Golden State has a full team that can beat you. So trying to figure, trying to stop only one or two plays is not going to help you. This is true. This is very true. Um, and I mean, that's that's was proven in the first uh, first two games of the series in Golden State. Uh, but right now, again, Golden State is. Um, is, is looking a little bit out of sorts here. Uh, they the first, they were down by as much as looks like seven, as much as seventeen points after one quarter, but then came back with in the second and closed the gap. But right now they're down sixteen points, fifty eight to forty three. Uh, early on Absolutely in the third period, of that game. they're down by twelve now. Oh, they're down by twelve. Okay. But yeah, I mean, yeah. Golden State. They want if they want to get back in this game, they're definitely going to have to get it together here. But uh, it's going to be it's going to be difficult apparently. But it is what it is. I mean, it's going to be exciting. I mean, if you didn't think Cleveland was going to try to respond at home, then you really don't know basketball. They was not going to come into Cleveland playing flat like they did in Oakland. That's the thing. The Cavaliers were not going to come in here like come in here to game three on their home floor like they left game two. Game two was a was a debacle. It got to the point where LeBron took himself out of the game early in the first quarter. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's that's their first two games. They were out. Of, they were definitely out of sorts. It looks like they they figured it out. Have the um, Cleveland Cavaliers, but can they hold on and um, make it a two to one series uh, going into Game Four? Still at home. Can they can they take two at home and send it back to Golden State tied up, or will it end up being a situation where Golden State can take it home and go home and clinch the back to back NBA championships? That's what everybody's looking at. I mean, there's no denying that Golden State will win the series. But Cleveland is going to at least win one or two games out of it. I mean, that's a, I mean, that's just a given. I mean, Cleveland went through the Eastern Conference and only lost two games in, the East, in, in their entire run through the Eastern Conference. But, I mean, they didn't really have very strong opposition, to be honest with you. I mean, they didn't have any strong opposition. Eastern Conference is a joke. Any team from the West, language for that, the top three teams from the West could have ran through the Eastern Conference with no problem. Well, there you go. Um, but uh, I guess we can we can go ahead and move on and and talk about 
the man, the myth, the legend, the man who was known as the greatest of all time, who uh, passed away at the age of 74 uh, just recently, and that would be uh, Muhammad Ali. Uh, Muhammad Ali passed away uh, over the, uh, on Friday uh, earlier this week. Well, he died Friday uh, uh, from septic shock after living with Parkinson's disease for more than three decades. Uh, a news story just came out that uh, they were giving away free tickets for for Muhammad Ali's uh, memorial service, which is taking place this coming Friday uh, in Louisville, in Louisville, Kentucky. But apparently, after the fifteen thousand free tickets to the service went out, scalpers began going out there and selling those tickets, trying to make a profit out of that. Uh, Ali family spokesman Bob Gunnell said, according to the Associated Press, quote, I'm personally disgusted and amazed that someone would try to profit on Muhammad Ali's memorial service. He would go on to say, and I quote, I hope that those buying tickets or trying to buy tickets would stop those efforts by not purchasing. Muhammad Ali wanted this to be a free event, an event that was open to all, end quote. Uh, the service is scheduled to take place this Friday at 2 p.m. Uh, in Louisville, Kentucky, and will be streamed outside the KFD Young Center for those who weren't able to land a ticket. And former uh, President Bill Clinton is scheduled to deliver uh, Ali's eulogy. Can you believe that shit? Wow. Like, can you believe that shit? Like, people are really scalping fucking tickets. To Muhammad Ali's memorial second memorial service for a prophet. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Have these people had no fucking shame? But of course not. It's all about that mighty dollar. That's fuck that. When your when your oh. greed is so strong, you had your morals go away, or like they're us. I think that's absolutely so, disgusting. I think it's absolutely I mean, disgusting. It it's absolutely ludicrous. It is absolutely asinine uh, to just sit here and think, oh, you know, uh, you know, hey, I got a free ticket. I think I could go ahead and sell this for a lot of money. And da, 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 da. Really, motherfuckers? Like, seriously? Yeah. Seriously? Better... I mean, nothing, nothing surprises me. No, nothing surprises me no more. There are really some people out here like that. They will sell, that's, they that's, will that's, sell their souls just just to get over. Hello. I'm here. Hello? Like I'm just. I'm uh, here. I'm just. You know. I'm just. I'm just dumbfounded. You know what I'm saying? Just. I'm just so dumbfounded that this shit really happened. Like people, like people out here are really trying to profit off of the death of a legend such as Muhammad Ali, a man who, I mean, people don't realize the impact that Muhammad Ali had not only on culture but also on sport. Before Muhammad Ali, there wasn't there wasn't a lot of trash talking in combat sports. A 
lot of these guys, they would come in, they would fight, you know, they would, they would, they wouldn't do that a lot of talking. They would come in, they would fight, they would walk away, they would leave. That's how they would do it. They would train, 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 go to the go to the arena, fight, 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 leave. That's all they would Smart. do. You know, but then Muhammad Ali, Cassius Clay, came up and he started trash talking, telling people, I'm the greatest, you know, I'm I'm the man. He said, I'm so mean, I make I make medicine sick. You know what I'm saying? Just, he, was, he was that catalyst to bring about that sort of trash talking in combat sports. That brought about the, uh, the, the Roy Joneses, the Floyd Mayweathers, uh, people like that, even other trash talkers in other sports, you know, like Brock, Les- like Brock Lesnar in UFC and uh, people like that. I mean, Mike they, Jordan, they Mike Jordan, Gary Payton. Mike, exactly. I mean, he, it just brought out all, it brought the trash talker out uh, into all sports, but most, most importantly in combat sports. And it just—he was definitely a, a trendsetter. I mean, he had his legendary fights like the Thriller in Manila, the the Rumble in the Jungle, you know, float like a butterfly, staying like a bee, forming, going down, going down in three. Uh, man, I'm telling you, mm-hmm. this man, this man. Well, he ain't going down in three, but yeah. <laughs> no, he didn't go down in three, but he he tried. That's what he predicted. He predicted that Foreman would go down in three. But I mean that was the that was the bravado that Muhammad Ali brought to sports. And then on top of that, he had he had the balls to not to to avoid being drafted in the military and fighting in Vietnam. Even when it cost him his world heavyweight championships and his gold medals, he had the balls to stand up and say, I'm not fighting this war. I'm not fighting this war at all. This is not gonna happen. They're not sending me overseas to kill innocent people and kill innocent children and adults. They're not going to send me over there to take lives. He essentially said he wasn't going to fight the white man's war. That's what he said. And he had the balls to say it, and he had the balls to back it up. He wasn't going to back down. He wasn't going to back to he did. He did say he wasn't gonna fight the white man's war. He also said he also uh, stated that his reasons because he didn't want to go over there to kill to kill children and adults. He did not want to. He did not want to go over there and kill for America. Right. And I'm gonna tell you something. That, like I said, that's a man right there who stood by his convictions, and even though it cost him greatly in terms of his his sporting career. He still stood by those convictions, and he ended up still having a phenomenal, phenomenal career as a boxer. And it was just unfortunate that he ended up getting Parkinson's disease at uh, – in he was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease in 1984, and um, he ended up suffering from that um, for three decades. I mean, I think a lasting memory of how – the Parkinson's was really affecting him. I think the lasting image that people will see 
is at the 1996 Olympics in Atlanta when he uh, lit the Olympic torch, and you can see his hand almost violently shaking. Um, yeah. That just shows you how much the disease had really taken really its toll on him, and that was just that was just 12 years after his diagnosis. You can almost imagine after three dec after over three decades, um, how it affected him going forward. I mean, he even limited his public appearances. He barely made public appearances uh, after uh, after a while because of the progression of the disease. But you know, his his his, his image is. So lifelike and large, so his his persona is so large that you know even even though he was limp, he he very rarely was out in public. You know, you still remember Muhammad Ali. You still knew who he was, and you knew that he was the greatest. He was the greatest, and he's he was one of the catalysts of what of putting boxing on the map, putting boxing. Uh, on at the forefront of sports. That he was. Uh, one of my favorite. One of my favorite things about Muhammad Ali. He is the only, only celebrity who had his star. Not on the Walk of Fame. His star is the only star that's not on the ground. His is on the side wall, while everybody else's is on the ground. He said he the his reason for that was he didn't want people to walk on the name of Muhammad. There you go. I mean, who else? Who else could have did? Could have could have done that? Hey, I don't think anybody else could have pulled that off except for except for Cash Clay himself. Exactly. I mean, come on, mate. I mean, I mean, that's beyond. And then on top of that, people don't realize. Also, should know that Muhammad Ali also had involvements with uh, WWE back in the day as well. Uh, everybody remembers that he actually refereed uh, a match at. Uh, he actually refereed a match between uh, Hulk Hogan and Mr. T versus Roddy Piper and Paul Orndorff. At uh, WrestleMania One in Madison Square Garden, and then prior to that, he actually had a physical run-in with uh, the late Hall of Famer Gorilla Monsoon, where Gorilla Monsoon actually uh, put him in an airplane spin. Uh, so Muhammad Ali has not only had his um, his fill with boxing, but he's also had some uh, contributions to uh, wrestling as well. Uh, so that's that's that just shows you how much he has transcended all the sport that he had involved in, not only putting uh, putting boxing on the map, but also making uh, appearances and working with the WWE uh, in his uh, in his heyday as well. Yeah, I mean, you it, it's nothing that you could say about this man. I mean. He he was truly amazing. I mean, think about it. Here's something that a lot of people don't understand, don't real, actually realize. This fight with George Foreman. George Foreman at the time was one of the hardest hitting boxers out. 
George Foreman beat Joe Frazier, knocked him, knocked him out. And Ali had the winner. So preparing for that, uh, preparing for that fight. So, uh, preparing for that fight. I mean, just watching, I actually watched some of the uh, training for that. I watched George Foreman hit the hit the uh, pressure bag. He's hitting this bag hard as hell. I mean, he hit the bag so hard that it left a permanent dent in the bag. Yeah, I mean, I tell you, uh, George, I mean, George Foreman was definitely one of Muhammad Ali's uh, fiercest rivals. So was uh, Sonny Liston, uh, also Smoking Joe, Smoking Joe Frazier. I mean, he's had some legendary bouts with some legendary individuals. Um, and uh, is, uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, it's crazy. But I mean, but really back. I mean, just back with that though. Uh, the fact that Ali took George Foreman's hardest punches when nobody else could. I mean, it just says a lot. That's so badly Ali wanted to win. People don't realize George Foreman gave Ali some work before Ali found it in him. The crowd got behind him. Ali Boumaye, and he did what he does best. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it. The boxing world definitely had a gift. It received a gift when Cassius Clay, Muhammad Ali, uh, left his indelible mark on on the sport and. Um, he he will truly be missed. Uh, he he leaves behind his wife, uh, his nine children, including uh, Layla Ali, who herself has been a, a world champion uh, in boxing, um, and a host of other family members and friends, as well as a legion legion of fans, all who. Uh, who follows his career, whether they were uh, at at school age when he first started boxing or those who were lucky enough to still be alive and be adults when he was in his prime. Either way, um, Muhammad Ali uh, was the definition of what a person with conviction should have. And, I mean, a lot of people are saying he's an – American hero, which a lot of people are having arguments about that because of the fact he didn't go to war or anything like that. So apparently he's not an American hero, but I just think that's bogus. I mean, he he had a conviction, he had a, he had a stand, he stood by it. He didn't backpedal, and to this day, he I'm I'm pretty sure he doesn't regret his decision uh, to not go to go to that war. Oh, but of course he doesn't. But we actually, oh, our phone line is actually lit a little bit. I'm about to bring the first caller on. 5137. Welcome to the Skybox. You there? I'm having difficulty. Hold up. 
Do you guys hear me? Up oh, there, there we go. Yeah. There we go. What's going on, fellas? What's up, man? What's going man? on? Man, 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 oh man. Um, just listening, just listening with you guys are talking about Muhammad Ali. Um, it isn't the mountains ahead to climb that wear you out. It's the pebble in your shoe. Muhammad Ali is an American hero. It has nothing to do with him in the boxing ring because that's not the heroism I'm talking about. His activism, his consciousness, he did things for the African-American community that sports figures would never do today. He's a man of principle. He's a man of pride. He's a man who risked it all for things that he believed in. That's something that most regular people wouldn't do today. Um, it, it is what it is. Um, he'll he'll be missed. He'll be missed in and out of the ring. Yeah, he will be. I mean, that was a tough loss. Indeed, indeed. I mean, and I mean, I've I've seen people, you know, crucify this man because, again, because of his stance against joining, going to. Vietnam during the Vietnam War. I mean, uh, yeah, it's a lot of people have 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 issues with with him not going to war. I mean, my father fought in that war, yes, but I mean, if he had, he had his convictions, and one of the things I'm proud of for this man is that he stood up to those convictions. He didn't back down. He didn't backpedal. Uh, stood by what he his his stance, even though you know. It cost him his, you know, recognized world championship reigns and his gold medal and everything like that. He was he wasn't going to allow himself to be manipulated to think otherwise. No doubt, and and man, there there are guys now who won't give up an extra hundred thousand dollars or so to um to stand up for their own principles. There are guys who don't want to risk a certain endorsement deal from a certain company to come out against things they don't believe in, let alone walk away from a world title, walk away from a gold medal, walk away from your career, spend time in jail if you have to. We just don't have we don't we don't have athletes like that anymore, let alone people. <laughs> nope. Not that at That's that's 
I don't know what's worse, the fact that somebody would sell tickets to a memorial that were free or the fact that somebody is going to pay. Somebody's going to pay for that ticket. The thought that somebody who actually loved and cherished Muhammad Ali um, is going to miss out on it because somebody wants to pay for it because somebody has the money to pay just so they can be like, yo, I was there, and has that money to spend, that's a travesty, man. It's bad. I, I, think, it's really both, bad. I, I think both parties will be equally wrong. The person selling it is already wrong for selling it because it's a free event that Muhammad Ali wanted people to share it, and then the person buying it, you're already in the wrong because, again, you're, you're, trying, you're giving a profit to somebody off of, you know, off of someone's death. So I think both parties are, are, are in the wrong, and I'm hoping whoever's listening to this and is even contemplating buying a, tick, buying a ticket off a scalper to this memorial service, I hope right there is going to be a special, special place in hell for you, a very special place in hell for you. And the person selling the ticket, there's definitely a special place in hell for you very, very special, hotter than any other part of hell, because that it takes a miserable human being that, I mean, I don't care how broke I am. I'm broke as hell right now, but I would never in my wildest dreams take something like that, a ticket to be able to see and memorialize a great man such as Muhammad Ali and sell it. No matter how broke I got, I could be getting ready to get evicted from my from my damn apartment, and I still would do it. I would still take that ticket. I would go to the memorial service and say, I guess my shit will be outside when I get back. But it's better than having that, you know, having that oh, hanging over my head that I made a profit off of the death of someone, a great man such as Muhammad Ali. But most people don't have that moral compass. Nope. But uh, I actually want to bring somebody else on before we uh, go off the air. Seven eight eight nine. Welcome to the Skybox. Well, hello and good evening. Oh, good evening. Hey, what's going on? Besides just getting off work, I'm actually just cooling and listening to you guys. The loss well, you know, of Muhammad Ali is tremendous. He was a huge inspiration to me and many other people. That man was just a force to be reckoned with. They wanted to silence him. They wanted to they he just had the balls to do whatever well, excuse me. Well, he just was just an all-American hero because he never backed down from anyone or anything. And he just, he put everything out on the line and everybody just wanted to just make him out to be this bad guy because he, he didn't go to war. He didn't do this and that. He's Muslim and all this. It was, a, it was just hell. He, he actually talked to suicidal man off of a, um, what do you call it? 
off of a from jumping. Yeah, from off from jumping off the side of a building. I was like, wow. A lot of people didn't even know that, and I actually posted that video. Yes, you did in our in our group CSOTS presents the Skybox. You did post that. Yes, I did. And actually, I, I became moderator this week. Well, ain't that this something? Time. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Congratulations. That's what's up. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 we're actually past time. There's one more thing I want to add, though. Uh, I remember younger, I read the story saying where uh, Muhammad Ali just came back to the U.S. from the Olympics. He went into a diner in, uh, Louis, uh, I believe, Louisville, where he tried to order some coffee, but due to segregation, the diner wouldn't serve him because he was African-American. So he walked out of the diner and threw his gold medals in the river saying, damn, I want a gold medal for this country, but they can't even buy me a cup of coffee. Wow. I mean, I read this when I was younger. That's deep. I mean, that is deep as shit. Yeah, who are you telling me? Like, but he he will be missed. He will be missed. Yes, he will. Rest in peace, Cassius Clay. And one last yeah, one last thing, and Lady Lady T, you you actually brought this up uh, earlier this week. Uh, happy birthday to the answer, uh, Alan Iverson turned forty one this week. Uh, the man who played for the Philadelphia Seventy Six for the majority of his career uh, won an MVP. But never, unfortunately, never won an NBA championship. Uh, happy birthday to the man, the myth, the answer. On June seventh. That's right. That's right. There you go. That's right. So the I guess we're done. We 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 done. We done. We over. We finished. All right. Any final thoughts before we uh, log out? Final word. Anybody? Uh, I do. Uh, Tune in to Mic Check tomorrow night. Me, uh, the Bishop, and the Queen, we're going to be talking about um, musical couples. Uh, that should be a fun little topic to talk about. So make sure you tune in tomorrow night at 10 p.m. right here for a discussion about musical couples as well as uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Prince Day, Prince's birthday that's passed, that just passed this week as well. So we're going to talk about that as well. So, you know, we got all that going Alright, that's all? That's it, that's all. Alright, y'all. Holler at y'all later. Great. Right. Thank you, Lady T. Thank y'all for calling in. Uh, we also had another caller, but I had a little tax on my on my side where everything froze up for like a couple of minutes. Yeah. You gotta love blog talk. Yeah, but to that caller, definitely call in next week. We'll definitely get you on next week, though. I apologize. <laughs> But this is not real, y'all. Thank you for listening to the Skybox for our special episode, the Muhammad Ali tribute. Muhammad Ali, rest in peace, and thank you for all the greatness that you brought to this world. Not to, to just the world of boxing, sports, to life. I mean, you were the leader, you were the icon, you were the activist. You were a one-of-a-kind one human being. And there will never be another one of you. Thank you. Amen.
Good night. Good night.